Welcome to the Dope Muscle Woman Podcast. This is your host, Sabrina Mills, and I'm so happy that you guys can join me again on another dope episode. And I think this is a highly anticipated, from what I'm hearing on social media, episode, which is why are you, when are you getting married, sis? Debunking the single Muslim woman myth. And we have the lovely Sana, Sana Abdul-Malik. Please feel free to um, correct me, because I know a lot of um, Sanas, and they say it different ways. So please feel free to connect me. I sound like a welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Salam. Thank you so much for having me. Alhamdulillah, it's such a pleasure, and I know this episode is going to be really, really good. Um, I think it's such an important topic to talk about authentically and candidly, um, and I just can't wait to hear some of your perspectives. Um, but before we begin, let's just introduce you to the world, to the podcast world, and the way we do introductions here on the um, podcast is I always start off with my own little intro of the individual based on what I know, my perspective, and even just like why um, you're on the show. Um, and then I definitely want you to go ahead and introduce an, um, yourself to the listeners. But for me, um, Sana, I'm saying it correct, right? Sana. Yeah, Sana. <laughs> Sana. Okay, Sana. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, Sana, I remember um, definitely her growing up, you know, again, back home in Philly. Um, but honestly, in recent years is when I really saw your blossom. I got to see kind of more so in a more distant fashion, like social media. But I got to see when I remember when you got your undergrad degree, and then I remember when you traveled internationally. I just used to think it was so dope. I think you took an international job um, and just like very world traveled and just like super like fierce and just um, how I again this is my perspective of just seeing you just fierce and fearless like moving throughout the world like absolutely dropped it gorgeous mashallah and just <laughs> always having something inspirational to say, and just seeming like a woman that just knows who she is. So I've always kind of had that perspective of you, and I've always, like, admired you from afar. And it's funny because it's, like, one of the things I reflected on is, like, you know, we don't tell each other that enough. Like, sometimes, like, you know, nobody will really even know that, like, low-key, like, somebody's like, man, this woman's really dope. Like, we need to get into the habit of telling um, each other that. But I personally always have thought you were pretty dope just watching you over the years. So that's kind of my intro. Um, definitely she's well-educated, mashallah, and just, um, like I said, she's just a phenomenal woman. Um, she's beautiful inside and out. Um, and so I would love for her to introduce herself um, so you can see how dope she is. Wow, that was an amazing <laughs> introduction. I'm like at a loss for words. I'm like, wow, that's, that's what someone thinks of me. Yeah, I need to work true. on. I need to work on what I think. Um, but mashallah, <laughs> thank you so much. That was that was uh, that was wow, mashallah. That was really humbling. Um, so my name is Sana Abdul Malik. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, here, uh, grew up in a Muslim community. That's how Sabrina and I know each other. And um, just really, I mean, I don't know if I could say I'm really involved in the community because I don't want to step on the toes of those people that are really involved. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that it's definitely being a part of the Muslim community in just terms of having a big Muslim family and um, just being at all of the events and trying to be supportive. So I uh, grew up in Philly. I went to Temple University, as mentioned, and got my bachelor's in psychology had a love for psychology, but wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that. Thought I wanted to be a lawyer at some point. Went to law school for a semester. Said that's not for me. And then I went ahead and I went to uh, a graduate school to get my master's in business. So that's like a little bit of my journey. So I stayed local all of this time. I haven't mm-hmm. really left um, within these states. I did take some time to go travel abroad and, and work overseas. And that was a, a really interesting experience as well. So I just mm. been living my life and, and exploring yeah. and trying to get to know myself and, and trying to make sure that I'm making the right choices. And I guess that, that segues right into the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> topic yeah. That always comes up. Like, how are you doing this single? Or are you going to get married? Exactly. I guess that's part of why I'm here today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now we're definitely going to get into it because like I said, you know, this conversation comes up so much amongst, um, we do it to each other, women to women, constantly question, when are you getting married? This kind of question coming up. And, you know, us just wanting to define that own journey. Maybe we want to get married, maybe we don't, maybe we want to wait. So just really, we let's have a conversation around the whole thing. 
Um, before we get into all of that intricacy, I do want to ask you our central theme question. I like to get everybody's perspective that come on the show, and that is what do, how do you define what it means to be a dope Muslim woman, and that's a woman that is living, her ex, um, living up to her own excellence. Mm, I love that question. So I think, and I, you know, I, I actually, when I found out about your podcast, I was thinking about that, mm-hmm. like, hmm, dope Muslim woman, like, what does that mean? I'm sure it means so many different things to, to different people. But mm-hmm. I think that for me, I define it as a woman that truly knows why she's Muslim. I think mm-hmm. that when you're born into Islam or, or raised in Islam and and you sort of go through the motions because it's all that you know, um, and even to the people that convert. But I think that every Muslim woman is is obligated to revisit that constantly as to knowing why you're Muslim. And mm-hmm. I think that if you know why and you understand why you're Muslim, then that segues into connecting with Allah and building and nurturing that relationship with Allah. And I think that mm-hmm. that's the core of being a dope Muslim woman because then everything else falls into line. So if you're constantly going back to knowing why you're a Muslim and knowing why you do what you do and why you make the choices that you make and then building that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it goes, it, it, it really just goes into, it transcends into everything else and all the other choices that you make. So the type of career that you choose and how you choose to, to, to you know, navigate that career and the relationships and the friendships and, and how you take care of your body and, and what you do in your livelihood. So to me, knowing who you are and knowing why you're Muslim is, is what makes you dope. Yeah. And knowing why you make the choices that you make and having a relationship with Allah and, and having a relationship with yourself. And mm. I think that when you're able to do that and you are able to answer those questions as to why am I doing this? Why am I living my life this way? That's what makes you dope. For sure. For sure. Wow. That's really powerful. And I think it really connects to what a lot of other women have said, which is, you know, obviously that tip of being authentic and really knowing who you are. But, you know, when we make that divine connection between really, how do you really be an authentic person if you don't, if you don't have a relation first with your creator, um, how do you really know yourself unless you have that relationship with your creator? Where do you stand um, with, um, with God? I think that's extremely powerful, like to reference it in that way for us as Muslim women. So I really appreciate that um, perspective, and I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that would appreciate that perspective as well. So thank you for giving us some insight on that. You're welcome. And I and I would like to yeah. add one more thing to sure. that definition. I think that we constantly define ourselves based on how how I don't know, like society standards defines what it means to be, you know, a good Muslim woman or, or mm. you know, to be an adult Muslim woman. And I think that that's also like a lot of pressure because it's like, yeah. okay, you, someone's definition of okay, this is you know, my version right now at this time in my life of being a good Muslim woman, but five years from now, it might be a different definition and you might be on a whole yeah. other level because you, you know, and your, yep. your iman increased because we know that yeah. iman in- increases and decreases. So I think that it's so important for us to step away from what everyone else thinks about us and when every, what everyone else defines as being, you know, a good Muslim woman, but understanding that it's between you and Allah and constantly revisiting the why your Muslim peace. And I think, mm. I think that a lot of us get caught up in that. We think about what everyone else is thinking and we live our lives like that and yeah. uh, it affects our choices. Yeah. And it's, 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 I think a lot of us are guilty of it actually. And we don't even yep. know that we are, that we're doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You're so you right. Know, so I, I wanted to add that in because I, I, I want to remind people of that, to, to revisit that and, and pay attention to that thought process. Yeah, and you know, I mean, this is a perfect, that point is a perfect segue um, into my first question for you, because, you know, really, when we talk about, you know, getting into this discussion around marriage, singlehood, transitioning into marriage, finding a mate, all of these things, um, we are told, you know, I know me personally, we are told sometimes when we leave the womb, when we leave our mother's body, you know, we're preparing for marriage. As Muslim women in particular, our experience, the Muslim woman experience, we're preparing, you know, this idea of marriage. We're talking about who you're going to marry. We're, those conversations happen very, very early on. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, those questions start coming. Since we hit the teenage years, 
how does this type of pressure, honestly, ultimately impact the mindset of a young Muslim woman growing up during these times? How has it impacted you? Yeah, I think uh, it's a lot of pressure, and and I think it's also double pressure, right, is the way I like to, the, the phrase that I like to use, because we have pressure from American society, and then we have the pressure mm-hmm. from the Muslim community, the Muslim family. So that that pressure of, of marriage literally affects every single decision that you make, right? Mm-hmm. So while you're, you know, as a kid, and, you know, I'm from every, Muslim, every Muslim school you could think of, <laughs> Philadelphia, I've been there. So it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's like when you're growing up in the Muslim community, it almost makes you, like, paranoid um, mm. in terms of the choices that you make because you're thinking about a husband and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to, I don't know, you might say to yourself, like, oh, I don't want to move to California when I finally go to college because then I might not find a husband if I leave and if I go there or you, you get what I'm saying or, or you yeah. may be hanging out with friends and maybe one of your friends isn't like, you know, I don't know the definition of what it means to be a good Muslim woman, and but she's mm. your friend. And then someone sees you with her and then they think that you're like her and then now you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to find a good husband because <laughs> going to think that I'm yeah. like my friend is just my friend. And so there's just so much it's like literally everything that you do, you're thinking about, is this going to affect me getting married? You know? And, um, and, and one of the, one of the things I remember, I went to Oman, which is a, a lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's a small country in the Middle East. That's like Mm -hmm. right next to the UAE. And um, I remember I, I went to a resort with friends and I've never been there before. And they wanted me to see the sunrise. And so I remember them waking me up, like, son, son, you got to wake up, you got to see this. And I remember looking out on the balcony and seeing the most beautiful view of the sun rising. And it was just so amazing. And I remember saying to them, wow, I remember, you know, as a little girl, like, you're thinking that you start living your life when you get married. And you think that you start traveling when you get a husband, right? And you mm-hmm. just, even like if you think of the movie Aladdin, like I can mm-hmm. just song, I can show you the world. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. like the that's the concept that's actually taught in American society is that a man is going to give you these experiences, a man is going to travel with you, a man is going to take you on vacation, and a man is just going to treat you like this beautiful princess. And you don't think that as a young as a little girl, you don't think that you could give that to yourself. And so the way that it impacted me was just thinking like trying to find a way to get away from that. Because it didn't sit right with me. I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to say I was a rebel to that, but like, I just, in my mind, I'm like, no, I want to get it for myself. And it could have something to do with my mom and, yeah. and watching my mom, go through. my mom's a, a PA, a physician assistant, and watching mm-hmm. her like go through school as a little girl and just be so like independent and going to work and, and just really like a driven, dedicated, strong woman to doing whatever mm-hmm. she wanted to do. And so for me, it, it changed, you know, my perception, but it, it was a lot of pressure for me. And then it was yeah. also the fear of being controlled by yeah. a man. And so it kind of made me like, I don't want to, I've got to think this hard about preparing for a husband. Like, who's going to control me? And so yeah. I was scared, you know? Right, right. No, that's yeah. real talk. I mean, it's, you know, so much pressure that goes into it. But when we come down to the core of it, you know, it's a relationship it's a very personal relationship between you and another person. And it's like right. people can say all day, get married, have your dean, and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's like you have to live and grow and mold with this person, right? So, right. I, you know, it's, it's, it's really um, powerful that you were very intentional. Because a lot of us, we, we don't, you know, we fold under the pressure, right? Um, but yeah. you're very intentional about doing something different. Alhamdulillah, you had that example. By the way, your mother is absolutely dropped in gorgeous. I see where you get it from. I'm like, oh, my God, is that her mom? <laughs> mashallah. I'm like, that's not her mother, is it? Um, so, so crazy. Oh, mashallah. So mashallah. So <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, yeah, so that's, um, that's really a, a powerful reflection. Now, when we – a lot of times we are, you know, when we go into marriage um, – Okay, let me just tell you my experience. So when I was young, and it was um, kind of funny, and I'll just share this with the listeners real quick before we started recording this podcast. Um, Sana and I, we had a conversation. That's not Sana. 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 You got it, Sana. You good. You good. You got it. Okay. You know, just correct me, (laughs) guys. 
Uh, <laughs> people want to make me Sanaa Lathan, you know, like the movie. Yeah, it's like a habit. You know, when you're saying it a certain way, it's hard to change. Um, it's all good. <laughs> but um, we were having this conversation about her being, um, she was sharing that she was actually at my wedding. Um, she was a little bit younger. Um, my wedding when I was 19, I kind of shared this on an earlier podcast. And, you know, when, one of the things my experience is, you know, I was really like, okay, just get married when I was young. And, like, don't worry, you can go get, get a degree and all that while you're, while you're married. Like, you can worry about that later. But, like, save yourself from the fire, sis. Like, that was kind of the, the mentality. But you did choose a different route. Um, you're still on your journey um, as of now. You're still a single, a single sister. Um, but, I, like I said, I remember you pursuing your degrees, going to work overseas. Can you share a little bit about this journey, um, traveling the world a little bit, seeking, getting multiple degrees, and how it has contributed to your growth at this, you know, at this time in your life? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'll tell you this. When I was an undergrad, I, I'm a, I'm gonna be real personal for your listeners. Yeah, please do. <laughs> remember, we love it. <laughs> I, re- I remember. So so okay. So before college, as, as a young girl, I literally I remember this. I had a piece of paper. I wrote out every single I think grade like from at that time I must have been in like the third grade. Okay, I was definitely conditioned to believe that this was gonna happen in my life. So I wrote down every single grade and I wrote down like how many years in high school, how many years in college and how many years in medical school. Then I wrote next to it, how old I would be in each grade and each, at each point of my life, if I like went straight through. And then I had this plan that at 17, when I graduated from high school, I was going to get married. And then mm-hmm. my husband and I were going to go to college and we were going to go to medical school and then live happily ever after. That was that's what my life was supposed to be. And maybe someone told me I was supposed to do that because I don't know how I came up with that at like yeah. eight or nine years old. So yeah. anyway, um, when I got to college, I had my first experience of talking to a guy that I thought might be a potential husband. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was really interested and I was super excited and my dad talked to him and it was just like, you know, like you guys make sure that you stay in a public space and, and just try to like monitor the situation. And, uh, I remember I saw something in the guy that I didn't like, and mm. I just quickly just said, listen, I don't think that, you know, we're compatible. I don't think this is a good fit for me. Like, I, you know, I'm not right. Yeah. And he flipped out on me. You know, this little man flipped out on me, told me off, said things to me that were, like, so horrible, like, unspeakable, and I couldn't believe it. And, and you know, I, I mm. hung up the phone and, and blocked his number and never talked to him again. And I remember it affected me emotionally. And I think I might have had like a test the next day and not being able to focus studying that night and, and taking that exam and performing at my best. So for me, that was my warning. Like, okay, you know what? Maybe marriage is not for me because I don't want to have an argument with my husband. And then tomorrow I can't take my chemistry exam because oh, <laughs> he has me all upset emotional. Yeah. yeah, so I learned that about myself early on, and I was like, wow, like, I don't think I'm ready emotionally for a relationship, like, with a man. Like, I don't think I can handle that, and that sort of helped me um, take a step back, and then I think along the way, one of my professors said one day, your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25, and I was like, oh, shoot, then I'm not ready yet anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> So I just, I, I took that experience and it, it could have made me a little afraid to mm-hmm. go into marriage after that, but I learned something about myself that emotionally and mentally, I wasn't prepared for marriage. And so um, that, that choice of, of not getting married and going through school and choosing to, I lived overseas in Kuwait and I went to a, um, I was a school counselor at a, uh, at an American Muslim school. So it was, mm-hmm. all of the students were Kuwaiti, but it was a, they all spoke English and they followed the American or Western curriculum. Um, but it was just an amazing experience for me because I continued to get to know myself in, in, in different capacities and in the different places. And I think that that's important because when you get married, I think when you get married early and as you're, you know, we're always evolving, but you don't mm-hmm. know until you know. And I feel like I still am not going to know until I'm a wife. Like I'm just not going to know what that's like right. until I'm married. But 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 I say that to say that I, for me, I was committed to that journey of getting to know myself in different spaces and different places at different points in my life because I needed to be sure that I knew who I was. And I think going into a marriage, knowing exactly who you are, 
um, is probably going to help you have a successful marriage. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Girl, yeah, no, seriously, you, I mean, seriously. no, go ahead. I, I want you to finish. Did you have another I was going to say some, some yeah. yeah, I think some, I've been told. Mm-hmm. Someone said to me, so what are you going to do, Shana? What are you going to get married? Like, you, 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 you're finishing up grad school. You got your own place. You got your own car. You're just doing your thing. Like, how, are you, how, are, how is a man going to come into your life? Where is he going to fit into all of this? I'm like, excuse you know, like, I was like, what? I was like, mm. hey, he's not going to be able to mold you. So, like, you need, wow. what are you going to do? Like, you're, you're. You're 27 years old. I'm tw- actually 28 now, but at the time I was 27. And then you're 27 years old. Like, how, like, what are you, you going to do? You're just going to keep living your life like this? And I don't remember my response. Maybe I blacked out and said something. I probably shouldn't say that. Just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> I just remember being appalled and, and just thinking to myself, wow, this is the, the mentality of our, you know, some people and our Muslim community, and this, and it actually was said to me by a man, so I was like, wow, uh, mm. I, you know, just how, is this what we're teaching young girls? Are we yep. teaching them that they need to be molded? And and it goes back to your previous question about being told that, you you know, to be prepared for marriage, and being told that you are preparing for marriage, you know, since you're a little girl, and I was like, wow, so I mm-hmm. am now, I can't be molded, so what do I do? So now wow. I can't be married because a man can't fix me. I need fixing, you know. So um, I don't know. And I think that we have issues as as African Americans too within our community. But that will be like that will go into a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's really deep. You it's know? really deep. And it's powerful. I mean, you you just spoke so much life into like just responding to that last question. I mean, so many ways. I mean, it just hit me deeply just because you know obviously you know, you navigated a journey that, um, or you kind of worked your way around a journey that I kind of went through, right? So, you know, obviously mm-hmm. my early marriage ended in, a, in, ended in a divorce, and I talked about that in a previous podcast, but I literally remember when you mentioned about, you know, your story, your personal story about the test, I literally remember the same experience, like having this really big fight. I was a nurse, uh, nursing student. I was really well into my nursing degree at the time. And um, I had this huge high-stakes exam. Like, if you didn't pass this exam, you didn't pass the entire course. And I had this huge fight the night before, and I missed it by two points. And I would never, ever forget that. Like, you know, not that I blame it all on this person, but literally yeah. just, like you said, trying to navigate both when you're so young and, you know, you're arguing, you're fighting, and it's just, you're not, you, yourself is not figured out, and you're trying to figure somebody else out. And then you're trying to do a, a, a rigorous degree program. It's just, it's like, it's crazy. So I appreciate that story because it gave me a lot of um, insight into my own. But, I mean, you spoke about this a little bit. But what do you, I mean, why do you think so many of us do feel incomplete without a mate? I think we, we hear about it a lot in our friend circles. We hear a lot of women kind of speaking about this. I hear it I'm inundated a lot with sisters that are, you know, just like, oh, I'm just waiting for my prince. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes mm-hmm. it does lead to a feeling of um, incompletion, like you said, a feeling of not being, quote, unquote, molded or not being mm-hmm. fixed. Um, based on your experiences, how has this mindset caused us to fail at our marriages? I know you haven't been married mm-hmm. yet, but when we spoke a little bit about ended up being hurt, damaged as women, um, yeah. how do you think that contributes to that? Well, I think it goes back to that good old saying that we see all over social media, marriage is half of your dean. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I yeah. think that when people read that and hear that and constantly reminded of it, there's a misconception. And I'm no scholar or anything like that, but there are so many examples in mm-hmm. Islam of, of powerful, independent, self-sufficient Muslim women. And I think that we neglect that, that the, the history of Islam when it comes to women empowerment and being independent and we for whatever reason as as Muslims globally we uh do not applaud women for their independence and it we we treat it like it's uh like it's um I don't want to say like a disease, but it's like a, a failure almost. Like you're independent as if you felt that something is that you're independent because something's wrong with you. And and um, I just don't understand that concept. And so I think that this whole marriage is half of your dean, I think people understand that to be like, 
my, I'm not the, I'm not the Muslim that I really can be because I'm not married or I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not really all the way there because I'm not married. And I just don't think that, that I don't think that that's what that means. And I think that now that I, I've had several conversations with so many people that are married, unmarried, previously married, everything that you do when you're married, like your, your spouse becomes your other half. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like your whole lifestyle starts to revolve around your marriage because your husband and your children, they're a part of your everyday life. So when it mm-hmm. says it's half of your dean, that's because this person is in your life. It's like, you know, a part of almost everything that you do. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. And right. so I think that the feeling of feeling incomplete comes from that saying and the misconception of what that means, that marriage is half of your dean, that you feel like you're not, you're not reaching the full uh, potential that you could be as a Muslim because you're unmarried. And then we have the, 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 the pressure from just American society as well, and with social media is having a huge impact on how we feel about ourselves. And so when we see pictures of people getting married and we see even for, you know, I don't you know, in, proposals aren't as common in, in Muslim culture, but people being proposed to and honeymoons mm-hmm. and vacations and husband and wife goals and all the way down to the YouTube uh, couples. And, yeah. and so we see all of these things and we're just being constantly reminded, you know, of, of relationships that if we don't have one, we feel lonely. And, and I think that accepting your loneliness and, and knowing that it's okay and that feeling lonely is being human, then it won't feel so bad. And because I'm single and I feel lonely sometimes, but for me, it's not the end of the world. I'm like, oh, wow, I wish I was going to date, date night tonight with my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. it, it passes and I go to sleep and wake up the next day and go spend time with family. And so I think that as, as single people, we have to learn that we can define ourselves in so many different ways. Yeah. It's not just defining yourself through a man and through your marriage and that you are so much more than that. So, you know, anybody that's listening to this podcast and you're, you're single and, and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling that way, just know that you are so much more than, than being with a man and being, being a wife. You're, you're so much more than that. And there's so much more of yourself to give to your family, to your friends, to community that, that's that's just one part of your life, and inshallah, you'll be able to to have that. You know, mm, powerful. That we need to, to realize it, yeah. So yeah. for me, that's kind of how I that's how I find my peace. Like, okay, like today after you know after this podcast, I'm gonna go hang out with family and go to my brother's basketball game and and just enjoy those moments because you know I'm more than just. A man, like we don't, mm. we don't need a man, and and I think that that's also the thought the thought process too is feeling like you need a man. I need to have a man. I'm incomplete. Something's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And this is not to negate the power of our brothers. You know, when we come to, you know, I think what yeah. um you're, what you're speaking through, and just correct me if I'm wrong is the fact that it's what the journey that Allah puts you on, if Allah puts you in a place where you are not, you do not have a spouse, you're single, mm-hmm. then just find power in that space and that's okay. You don't that means what you, what Allah yeah. is giving you in that time, that's what you need. So right. it's not to negate I just wanna, you know, preface it because it'll probably be a lot oh, of brothers. Of course. It'll probably be a lot of brothers listening to this podcast, girl. But um I <laughs> But I'm not anti I'm not Yeah, yeah, that's not what you're saying. Right. Yeah, right. But I, right. I, I, I wanna add that in. Yeah, I'm not not married, and I think that most women that aren't married are not are we're not we're not unmarried because we're anti-marriage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just didn't find the right person. So for me, I would say probably during college up until I want to say maybe yeah, I just would say during college is when I was a lot more just focused on myself, and I was like, look, I just need to finish at least one degree before I become anybody's wife. Like, I just want to accomplish this for myself. And so I would say, what, eight, 18, like 21, 22, like yeah. that was for me, like I was I was not interested in marriage. You could tell me about anybody and I'd just straight up say no. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't even interested. And I think after that, I just haven't, you know, found anybody. Uh, like, of course, I've, I've entertained the idea and, and, you know, I've been told about multiple different people that, you know, other people think they have potential to be good husbands. 
And uh, and you know, some I said, okay, let me let me see for myself. And I'm like, that's oh, not not what I want, not for me. Um, and then some people came to me like, oh, I just you know, this person just wants to get married. And I'm like, you want to get married next week? Like, that's not what I want to do. So I'm not yeah. doing that. And so, yeah, so it's really me, like, being in control of, of my choices and not feeling pressured to be mm-hmm. married. And, and, and I also want to make clear that my family um, has never made me feel bad about being unmarried. And so I, yeah. my the pressure that I'm getting is actually from the community. And mm-hmm. it's actually from people that actually don't know me that well that, mm-hmm. you know, attack me for not being married. Um, but my yeah. family understands understands the journey. So, yeah, but I'm not anti-marriage. Just want to throw that out. Yeah, no, 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 married. definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, she's definitely pro. But let, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit a little bit off the script. But as you were speaking, I was thinking of, like, you know, I, I went out to eat yesterday with a couple of girlfriends, and one of my girlfriends is single. Um, and she was just speaking of, like, her experience. You know, she's single, and she's kind of, like, open to um, marriage at this point in her life. Um, and, you know, just speaking about, you know, like, you know, her experiences, what she's going through, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, it was just this idea of, like, the type of brothers that are asking, you know, and just mm-hmm. how, you know, that, you know, and I'm trying to say this in a very respectful way, but just they're not really bringing – um, but, you know, a lot to the table. Is, has that been mm-hmm. your experience or is it just a matter of like yes. okay, the people I'm finding or just like personality wise, or is it just that there's a lot of people coming as just out here playing, playing games, you know, I mean, that's, what, awesome. that's what's, that's what's being said. I'm just asking. I don't want to shame <laughs> my city. I don't know. <laughs> we gotta be, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, wanna, I don't I don't rep cities, but I don't want to shame you Philadelphians, but uh, <laughs> Philadelphia is a very interesting place. And um, mm-hmm. I just find that I have met people that fall on one end of the spectrum in terms of how liberal they are and then people that fall on the other end of the spectrum in terms of how conservative they are. And just, you know, some brothers having these requirements you know, like one, I'll, I'll, I'll be personal. One brother said to me, um, I want my wife to homeschool the kids. And so he said, he says this to a woman who's, who's mm-hmm. working, okay, mm-hmm. and who yeah. wants to go to law school because at that time I wasn't in law school yet. Um, and that's what I wanted to do at that time. And he said, I want my wife to homeschool the kids up until they go to college. So mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, so, want your wife to stay home for 18 years because you said so to homeschool the kids if that's not what she wants to do he's like that's what I want her to do I'm like but what if she wants to pursue her career what if she like what if she does what if she wants to go to work what if she what wants if to she's just not even another homeschooling like that's crazy that's crazy yes, everybody <laughs> can't do that so right. like, that's what I want I don't want my kids being sucked into American culture and society and <laughs> I was like, oh, this woman is not for me. Then I met somebody on the other end of the spectrum, okay? So then it's a person who, you know, he has has the, the degree and he's educated and he's a professional, although he's handsome and he's very Muslim. I'm like, okay, we get somewhere, get somewhere, check yeah, off the box. Yeah, right. And he tells me, um, I don't want my wife spending all my money. I'm like, wow. what? Like, how, how is your mind even there? And then he's, and then his prayers, he said that, you know, I don't, I pray in my head. And I'm like, mm. what kind of prayer is that? I didn't pick that up. And <laughs> what book you read? And I didn't know <laughs> we just pray in our head. <laughs> and he was, and I was, yeah, so it was just, um, and, you know, and then even saying, like, you know, sometimes when we go to, like, if we go to, like, a company dinner is, like, you know, I don't want you to, like, always, like, wear your scarves. Like, I don't want them to think you're oppressed. And it was just, like, like I'm saying, like, so it's just the things that the mentality, I would say, of a lot of men um, is what has kept me single. So it's Mm. it's really that. It's not really just, like, uh, I don't like you, you're unattractive, you're not cute. Like, it's not superficial. It's more like when you understand someone's mentality and their thought process, that is that is key to knowing that you found a potential mate. So if a person, this mm. examples of how they think is what tells me like, oh, that is not, oh no, we are not going to make good decisions together. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I just been meeting brothers that 
I mean, one minute you want me to be Muslim, the next minute you're embarrassed to be Muslim, the next minute you don't mm. want me to spend your money, you want to control me, you want me to stay home. It's just, or, or even talking about polygamy in the first conversation. Uh, yeah, polygamy, mm-hmm. And they're like, I want to have another wife. And I'm like, well, dang, brother, you didn't even get the first wife yet. How are you thinking about <laughs> wife number two? Like, how, like what? Well, yeah, you haven't even gotten to know me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's just my experience. Um, are you that's, bomb- that's my experience. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but are you kind of bombarded with a lot of um, requests to be in a polygynist um, marriage? Polygamous? No, I'm not. Okay, you're I'm not. not. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's different. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've, I've, I'm, I am not. I can say that might have come up maybe – once for me but see for me I am not against it I think that it's for some women mm-hmm. um, and it's not for some and I think that because it's permissible we some people act like you have yeah. to do it it's like yeah okay no like it's permissible for me to I don't know paint my walls pink right now but I don't want to I'm going to keep them white like so I just think that there are parts in Islam where it's permissible but it's not obligatory and Mm -hmm. so when it comes to that practice it's like if you say as a woman right if I say I'm not interested in that so then then people immediately the the brother or whomever is trying to propose that to you is mad at you like what's wrong with you how dare you so you're just going to be single this could be a great opportunity for you or worse or worse, or, question your dean. Like, oh, sister, are you questioning yeah. Islam? Or, you know, you're not, you know, right. it's like, I don't know why we do that. We try to use it as yeah. a weapon. That's really unhealthy. But, okay, yeah. Michelle, that's yeah. different. I mean, I, I hear, um, I have a, um, one single sister friend, and she said that's the only um, inquiry she gets. She never gets single wow. brothers. She's never, yeah. So I just find it interesting. Different people have different, you know, experiences. Yeah. I guess. Does it yeah. depend on, like, the spaces you put yourself in as well? I'm assuming. Like, I think, I think yeah. so, too. I think I think, um, I think think so, too. I, you know what's funny? My grandfather is, uh, mashallah, he is just so wonderful, and he just talks to me all day long <laughs> about everything, and he is the one that kind of says, like, you know you got to get married, right? Like, when are you going to yeah. get married? But that's just him. He's old school Muslim. Um, so that's just like his, if he could have had it his way, you know what I mean? Like he probably would have pushed it more, but he was so respectful of me wanting to pursue education. But he actually told me, um, that it's not for me. He said, you know, Mm. I know you and he's like a father to me. And he said, that is not for you. Wow. So for a man in your life that knows you like a father, like, you know, my father's in my life as well, but he, he's, you know, my, my dad travels a lot. So my grandfather sees me day in, day out, like we like two peas in a pod. And for him as a man to say, it's not for you is powerful. So that's how I know, wow. like, that's just not for me. Yeah. Wow. SubhanAllah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering what tips can you give um, Muslim women out there um, that are navigating singlehood to find first power mm-hmm. within it, to find comfort yeah. in their single status, and um, to be able to, um, I guess, contentment, just find some level of contentment with where Allah has placed them. Yeah, I think um, constantly just doing the things that make you happy. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, since I'm single, I can say, okay, Saturday morning, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go take gonna go uh do a take a jog or take a run on Kelly Drive, then I'm gonna go get smoothies, maybe I'll invite a friend out to brunch, but just owning it, like being comfortable with it and not treating it like a death sentence. <laughs> you know, being yeah. single is not the worst thing ever. And I think that it's the perfect time to work on you. So if you're trying to get snatched <laughs> Right. You know, like get that summer body this is the time to work on it. If there's a, a diet that you want to try or if there are different events that you want to go to, just explore life and get to know yourself in, in, in different ways. Go try something new. Go try, I don't know, ballet class or mm-hmm. kickboxing or just continue to challenge yourself and find things to do and avoid being alone because that's when those feelings come where you're, you know, you're feeling like, oh, man, I wish I was married. I don't have anybody. I don't have a family, especially when you don't have, like, I don't have kids. I've been married, obviously, but I don't know. Sometimes you have to say that. So I just, yes. <laughs> 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 like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so then that, you 
know, can make me feel even more lonely because now, you know, I'm, I'm really all alone. And so I just think that finding different things to do, um, being more engaged in the community or just different communities and, and, and really getting to know yourself is how you find contentment and enjoying it. Because once you get married, inshallah, that'll be your first and last marriage and then you just stuck with this person forever. And I mean yeah. that in the most sweetest way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. enjoy your alone time. You know, enjoy yeah. the alone time. I think that we... we um, once it's gone, girl, that's it. Yeah, no, we're gone. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So we don't enjoy it. We, we need, I think we all really need to focus on living in the present and enjoying the present moment. And I actually, one of the things I can say is I started, I started journaling recently within the past mm. months. And it's so therapeutic for me because I write in curses, so... No, if anyone finds it, they can't read all my deepest darkest secrets. I don't Good. put names in it. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, yeah, but but I journal, and it's so therapeutic. And sometimes, instead of picking up the phone, I'll write about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll write about what I'm looking for. I'll continue to set goals for myself. Um, I, I'm really I have an active lifestyle, so I work out and I try to do different like group fitness classes, and I try different you know, diets, like, and not like serious diets, but I'll try to do keto or I'll try to be Mm -hmm. vegan or vegetarian or just try different things. And that's how I find contentment within being single because I'm enjoying my life. You know, I'm not sad about being single. It's, I know that it'll happen one day. Just wasn't written. We all believe in the cutters too. So we have to remind ourselves that if Allah wanted us to be married, we would be married. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's what I would say. Girl. Yourself. Some, exactly. You are dropping some powerful, powerful gems. I'm so I'm just so thankful that um you are the one um that is able to talk on this topic and I think you're a perfect fit for it. Um but let's just you know, we just gonna keep it a little real for a second. So you are <laughs> at a place right, where you are open, mm-hmm. you are, I'm not going to say looking, but you are open to the, poss- you know, the possibility and the blessings of God when it comes to marriage, right? Of course. You definitely yeah. have that place. Okay, cool. So tell us, tell me a little bit about uh, maybe some of those traits that you do look, that you're looking for um, in a potential brother. I mean, we talked about some of the things that were a no-go. I'm not um, looking for it. <laughs> But um, speak to speak to me a little bit about those traits that you're looking for, and also why those traits are important, so that it could help inspire, provide insight to other women. Hmm. So I don't have a laundry list of things. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that to know. Brothers out there, I hear that. No, go ahead. I think yeah. <laughs> I think for me, what's most important is how I actually define adult Muslim woman. As a man, first and foremost, that knows why he is Muslim Mm -hmm. and understands himself and his obligations and his duties as a Muslim. And when it comes to marriage, understands what those obligations are as a husband as well. And I think Mm -hmm. that if he understands that, that's like number one for me. Number two, a man that knows himself. And has a relationship with Allah. That is so important. I find that um, if a man loves Allah and truly loves Allah and truly loves Islam and truly, like, you know, wants to be committed and dedicated to the, to the faith, he will be a good husband to you. Mm-hmm. But a man that isn't, you know, connected to Allah and doesn't know why he's Muslim and he's just doing it, he's just in it, he's not going to be a good man to you. He's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can see, I've, I've seen that. Time and time again, and, and so many stories and examples, and and close relatives, and 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 just seeing how a man that's that's not firm in his core beliefs, how it can impact your marriage, it can impact how he'll raise your children, and so that's that's key for me. And then it's just of course a person that has a sense of humor, and a person that wants to have fun, and a person that wants to be my partner. And I don't need a dad. I have I have a bunch of uncles and big cousins, and I have a father and I have a grandfather. I don't need a man coming into my life telling me like it's ten o'clock, go to bed. Like no, like mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, like or telling me that you don't want me to hang out with I don't know my cousins from out of town. Like I just I, I'm 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 28 now. Maybe at 20 you probably could have controlled me, but I think that at this time of my life I know who I am. 
and I need someone that knows who, who they are and someone that looks at marriage as a partnership and mm-hmm. wants to be my friend. And that's one of the things that I actually forgot to add in the question that you asked me earlier about, like, felt marriages and, and why yeah. women feel the way that they feel. But I think that friendship is the missing element mm-hmm. of so many marriages because they mm-hmm. people rush into marriage and they're not friends yet and then you don't feel like you can talk to your spouse or, or whatever the issues are. So then you step outside of your marriage and you, you know, nurture those friendships that you're not focused on having a friendship with, with your, with your husband or your wife. So, so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for just someone who's like level headed. They know what they want. They know who they are. And they look at their wife as, as their friend and they look at marriage as, as something exciting and to have fun and, a way to grow closer to Allah and to grow closer to each other and, and just a lot of similar perspectives on raising children. Um, and I always say this, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Yeah. This is what I say. I say, if whoever I marry, I need to know that I can trust them to raise my children to be good Muslim children if anything ever happens to me. If mm. I am with a man and I don't think he can do that, I'm with the wrong man. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're it's very important. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, yeah. It's very important. It's extremely important um, to find someone. Um, and that, I think you can find, you can identify those traits very, very early on, on during mm-hmm. the courting process of, you know, yeah. you know how they'll be as a father. Um, yeah. And, you know, like even just like lifestyle and like how many things are they into? Is it somebody that's going to be constantly preoccupied with the outside world? Like those types of things you can kind of pick up um, pretty yeah. easily. Um but, yeah, I mean, you said something powerful about, you know, just the power of friendship, and those are really good traits um, I think you're, that, you're, um, that you're looking for. But the power of friendship, and I definitely agree with you there, where because we're in a big rush, we're not even – we haven't even checked, like, the compatibility list, you know? Yeah. I mean, we said, okay, they're a good Muslim man, a good Muslim woman, you know, there's some level of attraction, and boom, boom, bam. And it's like, if you're not even a – you know, friends, you know, we know there's people that we can click with and there's people we don't. And so that word is the same thing when it comes to relationship between man, male and female. So I definitely appreciate that insight. And, um, you know, I think it's been a really powerful conversation. Um, I definitely um, think that just talking about just the power of singlehood. And I really wanted to have this discussion despite the fact that some people, I'm just saying maybe some brothers, may not um agree or may not I mean, because I hear it often where it's like you know everybody should be on this path like sister why are you not married everybody should be on this path of finding like the idea of like being okay with your singlehood doesn't always sit well with some people um yeah. and they think it has something to do with like not following some kind of sunnah and it's like no you know where a lot of play like you said it's about believing in that color I really appreciate yeah. you bringing it home yeah. yeah yeah thank you so much for having me I'm you know, yeah. I actually wrote a status uh-huh. <laughs> probably like a month or so ago about like people also feeling comfortable to ask this question, mm. why aren't you marrying? Mm. And I think that that is not an appropriate question. Like in this, on this platform, this yeah. is completely fine because this is right. a discussion that needs right, to be, right. we need to have this discussion. Exactly. Um, but just. It, it, you know, that, that question being thrown into the, you know, the, the conversation that you have with someone that you haven't seen in, in, in years, and it's, hey, how are you? How you been? How you doing? Why are you not married yet? Like, mm. it's just, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's rude, because yeah. if I were to say, if I were to comment on, you know, something about that person on, on weight gain or, or, or weight right. loss or, or changes right. in your, your physical appearance or, or whatever, if I were to say that or, or make a comment about your job or lack thereof, then that would hurt someone's feelings. So it's also not understand. I'm not understanding why people are so comfortable to, to challenge someone who's single um, as if like, why are, because the way that they ask it is not like, Oh my gosh, you're so pretty. Like, I can't believe you're not married. Oh girl, come on. I know they're like tripping over their feet to get to you. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's not yeah. that type of question. It's like, it's almost like challenging your, uh, the way that you practice Islam is challenging yeah. you as a Muslim. Like, so what are you doing? You ain't married, mm-hmm. so what you doing? Like, you're all, you already made me guilty of, of whatever you think I'm guilty of. Yeah. You yeah. get what I'm saying? And I, and I think that that question alone, I think that people, you know, are so confident to ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't be asking. I'm like, you got to help me find one? 
So yeah, yeah. yeah. One it's interesting because I actually have I had this conversation with a brother um, that I do business with often, and he was you know he's a single brother and he's pretty vocal about his singlehood. And you know, as a brother, it's like you know there are these crazy assumptions sometimes we'll give some passes to sisters because it's like oh and it's more of like a pity party for women but when a brother that is like you know pretty successful maybe you know relatively attractive reasonable guy there's no like major flaws or anything like that is choosing has a path of singlehood for whatever reason he made that choice it's like oh like you must be out here doing this this and that like nobody wants to believe that he's just making this choice because he hasn't found he's looking for etc etc he's you know he was um we were having that conversation and him just expressing to that pressure that serious pressure that comes from brothers to him about that or even just the judgment from women that he oh he must be out there on the street and it's like that's also something that's like we have to stop that you know, that's harmful yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But again, thank you so much. We're at the end of this episode, but I cannot express my gratitude enough to you for coming on here, being vulnerable, being honest. We just really got into this topic. And I really, truly believe it's going to be insightful and helpful to other people. Um, and oh. so that's, that's the best gift you can give somebody is the <laughs> gift of empowerment, to empower and inspire someone. Um, but thank you so much. And um, this has been another dope um, Muslim Woman podcast episode. Please make sure you follow and subscribe on all of our platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and so on. Um, we also have a Facebook group. We're not the most active on there, but um, we want to make sure that we still have that safe space. It is clean, the people that join. It is just strictly for women. So if you do ever feel like you want to discuss the podcast um, or the episodes in a very private um, form, that Facebook group is there. Um, you can access that through our Facebook page, the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. Please feel free to give us feedback. And, again, thank you so much, Sana. Um, and I hope, inshallah, we can connect again soon. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to all of the listeners for tuning in today. All right. Thank you. Assalamualaikum, everybody. <laughs>